0: Welcome to Banana Bites. In this segment of the podcast, we go live on Data IQ's LinkedIn and Twitter every other week to talk to you about the latest in data science and AI. Our 15 Minute Bites are here to fuel your afternoon snack time with easy to digest food for thought. Hi, welcome to Banana Bites. I'm Trevaney, and with me are Corey and Chris. And together, we are the Banana Data Podcast crew. I always say this. and funnily enough, it is International Podcast Day today. So if you haven't already subscribed to the Banana Data Podcast, you should, because you're going to get to hear more of the kind of content that we're about to talk about today. So what are we talking about today, uh, Corey? Take us away.
1: Thanks, Trevini. So before I start, let me just do something. I'm not a bot. Okay. Good. We're good.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Today's banana bite is the good. The bot, the ugly. According to Cloudflare, forty percent of internet traffic could be attributed to bot activity. Um, So we're going to look at sort of the different dimensions that exist between different you know types of bots. Generally, it has a pretty negative connotation. It's associated with a lot of bad stuff. So, uh, Chris, is there good bots? Are there? Are there bad bots? Why do they misbehave? Why can't they all just behave and learn to respect each other? Like,
2: what is going on? Yes, yes. And first, let me just say this too. I'm not a bot as well. I think we're going to have to prove that to each other in some way. Um, But yes, it is true that there are good bots out there. Um, You know, with all that, with that high volume of bots, um, you know, we often hear the bad ones like uh, fake accounts on social media websites or bots that are posting spam to links, uh, you know, of of advertisements and so on and so forth. But there's a lot of great bots out there, too. Um, There's some services that web scrape, for example, and and gather information for us, like whenever we want to purchase Um, a hotel or a flight and comparing prices for us on one landing page um, as an example of a good bot that's out there. Or even, you know, we can think about robocalls. Robocalls can be annoying for, you know, advertisements and things like that. But oftentimes we can get automated um, reminders that we have an appointment coming up or something of that nature, emergency alerts. Um, So there's some good bots out there as well.
0: Yeah. And I think, I I think it's interesting. We, we, Default to thinking bots are bad, and so we build out a lot of technology and tooling to keep them out of certain places. Um, and this is, you know, probably good. But then maybe sometimes we're building guardrails that really aren't doing their, the right job, um, and keeping out the wrong kind of bots and letting in the wrong kind. Uh, so I think there is a lot, um, a lot to be learned there, especially because bots are constantly learning and we as the humans who are trying to either avoid them or not need to keep up and uh, just a
1: reminder uh, if you're not a bot or even if you are in the spirit of inclusivity um, please comment below with any questions that you might have for us and we'll be happy to answer them and we won't even force you to do any catch uh, catch catchka catchpra uh, sorry my tongue <laughs> recatchra Uh, stuff to uh, have to uh, ask it. So please comment below. I don't Um, read binary though. So bots, mm -hmm.
0: please translate your your questions first.
1: Yes. Uh, I guess the next part is sort of we'll be focusing on um, everyone's three favorite, favorite three letter algorithm or sorry, favorite three letter acronym. There we go. NLP, natural Mm -hmm. language processing. Mm -hmm. So um, it seems like a pretty good thing. Um, but like, I was under the impression that bots are all malicious. So like, I mean, explain NLP and how bots, uh, work with it within that.
0: Well, bots aren't malicious. It's the people using the bots that are malicious. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, I, I think, you know, there are a lot of like interesting bots on Twitter where it's like, Hey, uh, roll up this, uh, thread for me so I can just quickly read through everything without having to like click on each single tweet. Um, You know, there's and there's there's bots to help alert like, hey, someone mentioned X, Y, Z in one of their their articles or this or that. Do you want to check it out? So there are a lot of really good uses for bots um using NLP. But then the question is when the person behind the bot is not out for the best intentions, then you're going to get problems. And then you're going to get things that you're probably thinking of, like troll bots and, you know, like those spam comments about like, go here and buy my product that is silly or whatever it might be. Yeah,
2: Yeah. with natural language processing um, and and chat bots, for example, there are, again, it's a gray area. Um, You know, if deployed, with well intentions, it can serve as a, a chat feature on a website to help solve pretty basic problems with troubleshooting internet or you know you know various customer service questions that you don't necessarily need a human to walk through the steps um, and that's a that's a positive use of it. But similarly, you know, if you've got a bot that is um, on on social media accounts trying to get people to friend them and solicit personal information, you know, and and buy things or you know you know, exploit that information, um, that can be a bad usage. The algorithm essentially is the same with trying to have a conversation and solicit certain information, but the the way in which it's used is um, where the bad actors come into play.
0: Well, yeah, and then I would also argue at the building of the, the model or the, or the um, application, mm-hmm. it's again, maybe there are gonna be bad actors or people who are just unintentionally Mm -hmm. doing things wrong in a way that then creates these bots that are, are kind of biased. So like the, the idea of, um, you know, a bot that will flag offensive language. Well, something that's not offensive, uh, to me or to a majority of people might start getting flagged. If enough people are going in and saying, no, this is offensive. This is offensive. And the word is like cats and all the dog people are going in and like, uh, are saying that my my dog would probably you're a dog person, right? <laughs> I am. My dog would ask ask me to do that probably if she could. But you know the point then is that now you're getting uh, a source of truth from a group of people mm-hmm. versus a sort of consensus that's been built broadly. So I think like with any AI application, um, bots are just as subject to the you know the potential for skew and bias um, both in the building and deploying, or sorry, building and training, and also the implementation. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, don't hate the
0: bot, hate the game. Oh, Corey, always with your little nifty sayings. Look at me, I'm like 80 years old (laughs) saying nifty, okay. (laughs) So
1: uh, we've made reference to this over the episode, and um, we have an episode coming out later this week that's going to be talking about this subject, but let's talk a little bit about reCAPTCHA, CAPTCHA, you know, I'm not a robot. Um, generally people will think that that's a pretty good standard, right? Because you don't want bots um, doing stuff that humans should be doing and you want to be able to filter that out. But there, there's, there's a little bit of a gray area there. Trevani, do you want to talk about it a little bit?
0: Yeah. So we will we, we talk about this on the, the episode and releases on Friday, but you know, it's very easy for us to design things um, or for people who design things like capture and recapture to be like, Oh, obviously, people coming to this website can look at these crazy letters and then type them out for me. And then I'll know that they're a person. And it's really sad because that kind of thought process, that kind of design process ends up excluding a lot of people who aren't going to be able to do that. Right. And so like we tend to design for the quote unquote average user who will look like us or have the same capacities that we do, but for users who might be blind and rely on a like voice transcribing tool to like read websites to them or for users who are colorblind and can't even like tell the difference or whatever it might be or dyslexic like there are all sorts of disabilities that I think captcha can be really harmful about mm-hmm. um, and then you know it's it's this weird conundrum of I want to keep out the bots that aren't helping other people, but how do I distinguish between those two things? Yeah. yeah.
2: And just for the audience, captures are those kind of little weird things that you type in letters when you want to access a website or you know, identify the, the stoplights in this image, um, those types of things that you see on websites that say, I am not a robot. Um, and the whole dilemma here is how do we de- you know, delineate between humans and non-humans? And, um, you know, as Triani mentioned, there's a lot of ethical concerns there for, you know, the minority groups that may not be accounted for to serve the majority. But even beyond that, um, you know, related to something we talked about a little bit earlier is this arms race between development and, you know, cat and mouse game of uh, cats, you know, becoming more sophisticated, mouses uh, being able to evade the new methods by the cats and cats, you know coming up with new uh, ways to uh, beat the mouse. Um, And that's happening with CAPTCHAs as well. Um, You know, you're limited by predicting bot attacks based on the data we have from analyzing suspicious activity from past patterns. Um, So, you know, how do you prevent new attacks? Well, you don't know what to look for um, or how to account for those new attacks because you've just never seen it before. It's kind of the age old question of how does a a video go viral on YouTube? Um, It's because it's unique and different and there's something, you know, spectacular about it. Same thing with bots and new attacks. You know, there's going to be something different that you've not thought of before. So it's a very
0: interesting. Yeah. But I think there's even like a deeper thing there, which is that like, think about the, the bots or the captchas where it's like, go tell me which ones are streetlights or storefronts Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. What, what's happening when I do that? Well, I'm I'm telling Google or whoever that is doing the captcha that this picture is a storefront. This picture is a stoplight. I'm labeling information for them. Okay. And now that labeled data gets fed into an overall image recognition model, which in turn improves the ability for this, this tool to re- recognize images, mm-hmm. which then gets deployed to bots that can then say, oh, know how to do this even though i'm not a human and now we're again letting bots through the door so like it really is like you're saying an arms race um where we need to stay we want to use ai so that it's like and we want it to be really good so that it's good for us but we don't want it to be good so that it's good at being bad
1: the the arms race analogy is a really interesting one because we're necessarily or maybe even unnecessarily upping the ante i mean if the goal is to make bots smarter, then bots that are being built are going to be more sophisticated, then it's going to be harder and harder to be able to determine that you are actually a human. Um, so it's it's kind of uh, almost a little bit like a race at the bottom, if you would, like it's just kind of, we're kind of perpetuating this problem.
0: Well, and and then like this whole idea around, if somebody relies on technology and AI, to live their life, does that all of a sudden mean they're not human because CAPTCHA doesn't think so? Like it, it's just, it's so icky, right? Like that's just for lack of a better word. I mean, we haven't even developed AI that is sentient and conscious and like is AI life and our AI is human. We haven't except even got it, right? except for Corey, Corey's a bot. <laughs> I'm pretty I, sure. actually,
1: I actually had you fooled the entire time. I am in <laughs> fact a bot. So. But
0: but you know, like we haven't even gotten to that stage in our world. And we're already at this point where people who rely on AI and technology to do things in their day-to-day are feeling like dehumanized by these kinds of terms and, and ideas. And it's really, it's kind of it's really sad that we're not designing inclusively in this regard.
2: Yeah, and this this gray area is is something that we'll we'll get into a, a lot more detail in in the, in the upcoming episode release. So I don't want to give away too much for that, but kind of stay tuned for that. Um but yeah, I mean it is something that we really need to be cognizant of and as AI gets more and more sophisticated, you know, is it helping us in terms of convenience or is it kind of displacing human beings to a certain regard and various jobs or free labor, you know, by virtue of us helping the AI to become more uh, sophisticated. So it is a big dilemma. As you said, it's kind of murky. Um, and, you know, we're all trying to figure it out one step at a time. Yeah. Well, isn't that life? <laughs> <laughs> one day at a time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I think that's all we've got for today. Uh, I know that Corey needs to go for his oil change. Yes. Um, and so... I'm feeling very rusty <laughs> man. Um, but so as a reminder, we talk about talks or talks. We talk about things like bots and captcha um, on the banana data podcast available wherever you listen to podcasts. And we talk about a lot of other fun and interesting things. So you should definitely check us out. And uh, I guess we'll see you guys in, in two weeks. Say bye, boys. <laughs> Beep boop. Bye
1: <Bye-bye>. bye.
0: <laughs> and that's all we have for our banana bites today. To catch our live segments, follow Data IQ on LinkedIn or Twitter for bi weekly live streams.